White Hot Magazine, one of the world's leading platforms for contemporary art. I wanted to talk about Hudson from Feature Inc. Some of you might remember Feature Inc. was a deeply important gallery. Um, and Hudson, a former dancer and performance artist known only by his last name, who went on to become one of the most prescient, independent-minded and admired gallerists of his generation, died on February 10th, 2014, at the age of 63. That was uh, partially... And uh, that was part of a Roberta, just the beginning of the Roberta Smith article on Hudson. But uh, I was going to say a month before Hudson passed away, I went to featuring and I, I met him for lunch. And we had lunch in the back of the gallery. And I've never told this story before. He wanted to... Um, do an interview. I wanted to interview him for White Hot Magazine. And he was into the idea, but he said that he didn't want to talk about art. He wanted to talk about a subject that neither one of us knew anything about. And that subject ended up being football. Um, He passed away before I was able to interview him. But that's how we left it. We had agreed that I was going to interview him about football. Um, Not only was it funny, but it was kind of genius. Uh, In any case, I was never an artist represented by the gallery, and I didn't know Hudson very well, but the short time that I interacted with him, he was a wonderful person, missed by many. So in the spirit of that... Here is some audio of an interview with ASAP Rocky. Cool, cool. Yeah. Feeling good? Yeah. <laughs> you feeling yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to thank everybody for attending today, for all of you in the audience. Um, you know, this isn't a lecture for me. It's just like a conversation with people and opinions. And I hope you guys are ready, because that's what I came for today, you know? Um, The topic of discussion, artist development 2015, how to be independent as an artist, because obviously I think, you know, the cat is out the bag. People know you don't need a big record label anymore to, you know, get exposure. You don't need radio. You, You need the biggest platform on the planet right now which is the internet. The internet is the biggest platform, and you guys know this already. People such as myself with no kind of experience, you know, it's all good. I love technology, you know? (laughs) 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 But people myself with with no kind of experience, it gives us a platform to, uh, you guys don't mind me like sitting down cozy. Most people stand, don't they? Oh. All right, well, I'm cozy, guys. I hope you don't, don't mind. But yeah, as I was saying, and you know, um, to showcase our talents. For instance, 
when I started ASAP, pardon me, I didn't start ASAP, I joined in 2007. It was a crew from Harlem, if you guys don't know about it, that's my crew. And uh, it was a bunch of just teenage kids that just wanted to do teenage things. You know, I don't think I have to specify at this point, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> basically, you know, that leads to nothing because you just, you know, wake up and before you know you just spent all summer having fun you don't have anything accomplished you don't have any money you don't have a job nothing right i looked around and i just said man we got to do something about this we need to utilize each other because together we're all a collective and that was the obvious i think the main part in our day and age is just identifying and stating the obvious like common sense you'd be surprised how many people lack it you know and um I used my common sense, <laughs> and uh, it led to me trying to use the internet as an outlet to market myself, to get my brand out there. Because nowadays, if, if, by a show of hands, how many people are aspiring artists out there? Rather it be music, you know, painting, or no, really? Thank you, we got one artist? I know it's more than that. Music, dance, theater, cinematography, it's art, you know, the arts, that's it? So I'm in a room full of geniuses right now. You guys are telling me that you, these are the only artistic people, yeah? Don't be shy, I came to talk to y'all today. What's up? How many people by show of hands have a passion for art? Don't be ashamed. It doesn't mean you're a loser. You're gonna be like Basquiat and do heroin. It's okay. All right, cool. I think we're finally getting to know one another today, you know? Uh, what I will say is, I'm quite sure everything that I'm saying, you guys are so advanced, you know already. <laughs> and uh, it is, I'm just stating the obvious. It's common sense. And um, for those of you who are trying to be artists or who have it in them, there's just so many different, the ways that you would market a brand as far as a company and a corporation is the same way you have to market yourself these days. Because a brand is no longer like just a company. It could be an individual. For instance, if ASAP Rocky goes out and, you know, which this would never happen, but shoots 100 people, it would mess up my brand. I did it as one person. No, but I mean, it's common sense, right? <laughs> I'm just breaking it down to the basics for y'all right now, you know, but it's, it's the truth. It would mess up my brand as a person. What about my friends who had nothing to do with it? What about my, you know? That's, that's just, that's, that's what I mean by that when I tell you guys that we're, we're all a brand and um, I came here today to talk about that. For me, being from the, the, the age of the internet, people like Lil B the Bass God, Soldier Boy. How many of you guys listen to hip hop out there? Oh wow, that's dope. At least we got something in common, right? You know? <laughs> How many of you guys are into fashion by any chance? Fashion? Okay, hip-hop, fashion. How many of you guys are in like comics? All right, that was supposed to be a joke. I thought I was gonna see more hands. <laughs> I was just joking with y'all. But uh, <laughs> my bad, I need to fill out the room to get to know who I'm you know, dealing with and you know, see what type of people you guys are and whatnot. But um, yeah, as far as me utilizing the internet when I, first came up, I feel like we didn't have any guidance. 
We didn't, we didn't have anybody there to say, hey man, you know, you don't have to sign a big contract and be obligated for, you know, how many years, X amount of years to, you know, deliver music or whatnot. You could honestly do it yourself. We didn't have anybody to do that. You know, we didn't have anybody to tell us how to market ourselves. We didn't have none of that. So I had to, I had to kind of teach myself. And as easy as it seems, you know, well, I don't think it seems hard, but some people might look, look at you on a magazine or television and they just think, well, you know, that's just how life is for you. And I'm speaking for myself when I say I had to work really hard for anything I ever got. Even being here is an honor, you know, and um, this is me. I know you guys attend here, but me even talking here is a dream come true, you know. I was in the back looking at uh, pictures of people who visited, you know, Mother Teresa, Malcolm X and stuff like that, you know, and uh, upstairs I was telling kids that when I was when coming here, I expected to see a bunch of stiff, fancy, schmancy people. No, no disrespect. <laughs> and you guys are fancy, but you're not stiff. You're cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you guys remember, I told you, I said, man, you know, to not to just categorize myself, you know, and not speaking from a, a certain demographic, but to be 26 years old and to come, you know, to Oxford and to be walking down and you see people that look like hipsters, you see people who like hip hop, you see people who, you know, look kind of regular. <laughs> who look like they don't really care about what they wear and stuff. You know, it's just, it's, it's really diverse and it shows the progress, man. My generation, man, I love it. it it's, it's like, you know, hopefully, Things like racism, you know, is, is, will be gone soon. I know that's like a, a, a crazy topic, but I feel like with my, with my generation, I always say, I, I don't think my generation is, is I, don't think we're, I don't think we're necessarily racist. I think we're just capable of saying racist stuff, right, you know? And I think we get judged for that, you know, a lot. And sometimes it, it kind of, you know, it makes you look crazy, but we, we're all capable of doing it. I mean, we all did it sometimes, but I want you guys to know that, you know, that does, I don't judge you. You know, it's cool. I, I get it, you know. It's, it's whatever. But uh, I was talking, I mean, I was upstairs, and it was this kid telling me about how uh, his mom told him, you're going to go to Oxford, man. And he told his mom, man, whatever, mom, you know, get out of here with that. You know, because he's a black kid, you know, and he's just like, you know, whatever. I'm not going to embarrass him and say his name right now, but uh, I just thought his story was, well, I don't know how to remember. How do you say his name again? What was it? Like, it was Olu? Lolo? Lolo? It was like an African name. It was pretty dope, though. Yeah, Olu. Where are you? <laughs> Sorry to embarrass you. I, 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 I thought he was going to help me with your name. I didn't want to, like, you know say your name wrong, regurgitate and whatnot. So I'm sorry about that. But uh, Olu, your story was really inspirational. And you know, you told me your mom told you at a young age what you will be doing. She told you you would get into Oxford. She kind of like saw your life out for you, before you. And you said your main ambition and you know, drive for pursuing this was your mom, and the reason why you got into medicine is because your mother was ill herself. I think that's just an amazing story, and I saw when you told me that what it meant to you, I saw how you know passionate you were about what, what, what you do, you know? And um, 
man, I'm overwhelmed, man. I'm, 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 thank you for your story. I wanted to share it with people just to say, man, it's not, it's not just me with a crazy story. It's people, I'm, I'm quite sure everybody's life is just extreme. You know, I didn't come up here to talk about fashion, swag, and all the rappers I hate. I came to really talk about, like, you know, real life shit, which you got, part of me, stuff with you guys. <laughs> Well, I'm a kid to myself, so part of my language, but you know, real life stuff with you guys, you know, and uh, I hope that you can respect that and I hope you can feel that, you know, because we're all real people at the end of the day. You know, when all the lights are off, we're all real people, you gotta be who you are, you know, and uh, I'm quite sure you guys know this already, right? You're geniuses, right? <laughs> yeah, but let me get back to the topic at hand. I'm going all over the place. Did I say I was happy to be here? <laughs> I feel like we're at, a, we're at a day and age where, well, I know we're at a day and age where these companies, the radio, the media, these markets, man, it's, it's, it's getting really, it's getting scary for them because a lot of independent, uh, independent companies or just personalities are coming and doing it the right way, like people like Spotify, you know, coming and taking something like streaming. YouTube and, and, and Vimeo were places that you would go to go see videos all day. You didn't think nothing of it. They found out how to monetize the streaming service. And now that's, they're bigger than the, the labels. So we're looking at iTunes and Spotify and all these other guys. Those are going to be the biggest record labels within the next two years. You know, and people are not, they're not seeing that. What I noticed is, as a, as a rapper or as an artist with the internet, I can make my own label. You can, you can do it yourself. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't, you might not have the money that those companies have, but trust me, there's a way. And I think, <clears throat> I think it's obvious to them, I think it's obvious to the world that stuff like radio, stuff like, you know, the old market and formulas, they don't apply to my generation. Man, our attention span, these kids nowadays, man, you gotta entertain them really quick or they gonna click to something else, man, you know? I mean, I can admit it, I'll get online and I start, you know, looking at ads and whatever and I'm just closing out things. I, I really, if it, if it doesn't spark my interest, if it's not funny, if it's not ignorant half the time, I won't watch it, you know? And that's just me, if it's, if it's not something that's entertaining. And, uh, you know, dealing with a, a record label and being an artist at this day and age and, and doing things from an independent standpoint, I get to see both sides of the grass and, you know, I get to see the politics within it and, and, and the flaws, you know, and uh, I think as far as people like you guys, geniuses and, and my generation to come, I'm more scared of you guys because you guys are way more advanced you know, and the kids after you are gonna be twice as advanced as you guys are, man. You know how like they always used to say like, respect your elders, man. It's like the other way around now, man. Like <laughs> the tables have turned, man. These kids are geniuses, man. And you know, that's really, I'm, you know, I'm, that's what I'm basically up here trying to articulate, you know, without feeling like I'm talking to myself. But yeah, that's really about, yeah, that's it, you know. Uh, yeah, any questions from you guys or anything? And then open it out to the audience to ask some more. Yeah, sure. She talks so fast, I always try to catch it. It's just the accent. Yeah. Half the time I don't know what she's saying, I just agree. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Oh. It made me look cool, though, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Introductions. Wanted to talk about your name. Interestingly enough, you were talking about like Olu and Olu's mum. Obviously, your mother named you Rakim, and your yeah. sister Eric B, which is for like those who don't know, like a like an homage to Rakim and Eric B, some of like the hip hop forefathers. Um, it was a DJ and a MC, and back in the days with rap, there's no way you could have been a rapper without a DJ. It was impossible. Like having a DJ was like having ad libs. You needed it, you know. And uh, back in the days, a, a, a DJ was more important than the MC. Talk about it. Yeah, I'm sorry, I just felt that you guys should know that in case you didn't listen to hip hop. No, seriously. I'll talk about it, yeah, for real. But yeah, um, well, what I've never seen spoken about in like your many interviews and various questions is your like, your stylized title. You've got like a little Game of Thrones tag, you know, like um, the rule of the third, like that type of shit. So, um, <laughs> Lord Pretty Flocko, Jody, Hyro, Jody. I'm no, man. See, you just called me Riff Raff. He's Jody Highroller. <laughs> okay? Okay? Go, man. That's not. Man, that's going to be in the headlines. So, no, Riff Raff. No, Riff Raff no, uh, visited Oxford. <laughs> He's much darker these days. Yeah. I know. So, like, maybe you could talk about your, like, uh, your name, why you stylized it like that. Um, especially, like, the Pretty Flocko and who that's in homage to. I felt like with the name Rakim is like being named after like Tupac Shakur or Michael Jordan. You know, it was, I mean, those shoes are too big to try to fulfill. And I wanted to kind of pioneer my own legacy. You know, I wanted to leave back my own path. I didn't want to be like, oh, well, yeah, everybody knew about him because he came out and he had that famous rapper's name. And nah, man, I, I wanted to start respectfully. I wanted to earn my name and that was the whole point of this last album at long last ASAP because it's basically I, I, the, in the abbreviations is Allah, A-L-L-A and it's like the return of the God MC. Rakim was the God MC and I'm finally accepting that my name is Rakim and I'm taking ownership of it and I just want to make Rakim, my mother, my father, people, Slick Rick, Big Daddy Kane, those kind of people. I want to make them proud, you know. Yeah. And on your new album, some critics have commented that it's a bit of a move away from kind of your standards of hip hop. How do you sort of respond to that? I like that. <laughs> I mean, it's changed. I don't think that the mind state that you had in 2011 is the same mind state you have now, right? We all change with the days. Time changes all. So. They just stated the obvious, like I've been doing for the past, what, 15 minutes? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel that there's an influence <laughs> in commercial deals? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that kind of the commercial aspect has influenced where your sound's gone at all? To where my fans has gone? Your sound. Oh, my sound? No, no, not at all. No. Um, I feel like. Uh, yeah, that was, was, that was pretty cool. What was that? This is like the new Galaxy Tab. Oh. <laughs> but it was like a ringtone, no? It's like, it's like a, a dispatch. Like <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. They want to hear you, basically. <laughs> it's a new Galaxy, guys, and he said it's this cool ringtone, ringback thing. All right, whatever. But, uh... <laughs> Actually, so like, I ordered some clothes, and 
it's like the dispatch note for the clothes. Like oh, you like ordered clothes. clothes. Yeah, like, so it's this guy's into his fashion, right? <laughs> you, you guys know him? Any of you guys know? Is he sharp like this every day or did he just like dress up for me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you see that one hating brother in the crowd? Oh, you yeah, hating like. right now? <laughs> no, um, I don't think that if, if, if what I'm saying is correct, you asked me if uh, mainstream success changed my music at all. At first, it kind of did with the, um, the project I put out prior to this one, uh, uh, Long Live ASAP. I wanted to prove to people that I can make a mainstream commercial hit without actually having to really like compromise my whole style and whatnot because most people just try to fit into radio and whatnot or whatever is going on because that's what sells, obviously. When you take the initiative to go left, it's taking a big, big, big risk. So when I, when I came out initially the first time, it was with a mixtape. No one ever heard of me. It was called Live Love ASAP. And it was like, it's, you know, bigged up as like one of the best mixtapes aside from, you know, in mixtape history. And, you know, any hip hop lovers in there, they could second that or vouch. And um, if you know the progression of my career, uh, two years later, I came out with Long Live ASAP, the album. I wanted to make songs like Fucking Problems, part of my French. And uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. And, uh, <laughs> and um, wow for the night. I wanted to and Goldie. Those are all commercial, mainstream, successful songs. And I wanted to prove to people that I can go from being an underground mixtape king to actually having a place in mainstream media. And I changed, you know, culture for you know as far as fashion goes. I influenced a lot. So I took about two, and two years off and started making instrumental albums, um, acting, getting more into fashion. And I felt like with this album, I didn't, give, I didn't care at all. I didn't, I didn't want to go mainstream approach. I didn't care. If it came out and it was like appealing to mainstream, that's fine. But going into it, I didn't want anything mainstream. I didn't want anything that sound commercial because I hate that music right about now. Yeah, no, so one of the questions I wanted to ask you is that, like, um, Pretty Flocko 2, that's a really kind of... Um, ratchet song. Ratchet as hell. Like, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a turn up song, that's like yeah. the fighting in the club type song. Um, and I wanted to ask you how you managed to negotiate that kind of artistic control, because you hear a lot of rappers yeah. um, ultimately putting out kind of... The, it's, the main tracks it's, it's like oversaturated with yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, And they're like having to withhold stuff for their mixtapes. So how did you kind of maintain artistic control? Is it your label deal? Oh, Is it who you yes, around 100%. you? Is it creative control? Talk about it. So for me, I had to isolate myself. I came to London. I, I recorded okay. the whole thing in the UK. Shout outs to UK. <laughs> okay, I guess not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they didn't even know, nah, man. I would just call in people who I wanted to work with. You know, I wanted MIA bad. I said, man, MIA is incredible. We got to get MIA. People who weren't even on the album was around, like Skepta and a lot of the uh, grime artists from London and whatnot. They were around just around for the energy and whatnot. It was a lot of synergy going around. I think that's what that's what I really put into this album more than anything. It, it wasn't really about 
carefully deciding how I wanted to, you know, put my songs out or how, how they were perceived. Because for me, the last album, I felt like people just perceived me off fucking problems and wild for the night. And I would get these requests and offers to do collaborations for songs that were just terrible, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> and it's, it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the people making the music. It wasn't, it's just, I mean, sonically it sounds terrible, you know? And I just didn't want to be a part of it. And I felt like I said, I knew why, I knew why these offers were coming. And that was because that's what I put out there. That was the impression. So I couldn't get mad. If you tell, you know, people you got, you know, a problem and you, you fuck a lot of women, bad bitches, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> it's the song, it's the song. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> you you got to be prepared for people to want to come with that song named I just killed my grandmother or you know I just slept with your wife or something you know it's just that you just got to be prepared for those kind of themes and stuff and with this album I just wanted to articulate myself I, I wanted to express myself that is who I am I'm a guy who could chill with you guys here at Oxford and you know, I'm comfortable enough to go back to the hood and see people go visit them there and, you know, go about my business. I could live in both worlds, you know, because growing up, that's how it was. We were from the hood, but we went out, out our ways to chill with our friends who were just like, you know, cool and different. We had Indian friends, Mexican, Spanish, black, white, Asian. It didn't matter. Downtown, it was all about smoking cigarettes. <laughs> of course. Cigarettes and um, drinking we'll juice. Huh? We're gonna get onto like drug use later. Yeah. So like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, fine. Yeah. It was all about the marijuana, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think that's what you know brought people together in the hippie days, man. If if, if it wasn't for marijuana and psychedelics, man, there wouldn't be so much mixed race babies in this room right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> they made you on a field. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix was playing. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. Um, so actually, yeah, it seems like a natural segue. We're going to ask you about it later, but like, you know, we're both in the conversation. So you've got a track on your album called LSD. Yeah. Um, Love Sex Dreams. Maybe you could talk about what it's like to be influenced under the like, creative process, how that's influenced you. And also, I, I heard you say a story which you might like to share about your mother. Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. I would love to share that here it. at Oxford. <laughs> yeah, glad you brought that up. <laughs> love, Sex, Dreams, it's a metaphor for LSD. It's a simile, it's LSD in Love, Sex, Dreams. Basically, I talk about how a woman could be referenced to as a drug because for me, without getting too vulgar or, you know, explicit, uh, you know, a female's vagina is the most addictive thing in the world, all jokes aside. If, you, if you've been lucky enough to have it before, you can agree with me. I'm just, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> trust me, when you guys get out of here, you'll be getting a lot of it once you graduate, man. Trust me. Man. But no, seriously, though, it, it is. So I just wanted to make a song that kind of related to both and touch on both subjects. It's like, yeah, I'm 26. You know, I look at life through a different point of view than most your typical rappers. You know, for me, it's just like 
life is, is just, it's all about vibrations and, and chemistry. It's all about positive vibes and negative vibes. I think energy is, is, is stronger than intentions, you know? And um, I wanted to kind of put those, I wanted to manifest those vibes into my music. I wanted you people to hear my music and feel a, a certain way, a sensation. Even if it made you sad or happy, lifted you, or even if you wanted to turn that shit right the fuck off, I'm fine with that. I want you to feel something, you know? <laughs> I don't want it to be bland and for you to just be like, oh yeah, he did his, no. I want to drive emotion. And with LSD, I, I, I've never sung like that before. I was singing the whole time. You know, I can't remember if I was on LSD at the time, but I know I sound <laughs> really crazy. You know, I just was like, oh man, that dude, man, you know, I sound like a, Get a rock star, man, you know? Yeah. And uh, we will come back to it. What happened with your mom? Oh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I tried to avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I felt guilty. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys are uh, Oxford students. Isn't it true that Einstein did LSD, right? Because I read that statistic up. No? Nobody's going to uh, second that. Yeah, look it up. Einstein. A lot of people did a lot of drugs. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, on record though, like, you know, they say Einstein did because people, Freud I, did a lot of I use people like him and Steve Jobs to justify me, you know, tripping balls and shit. So I just say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I read this thing where it was just like, if you can endure it, it just means that like you're, you're somewhat of a creative genius. So I just ran with that. Like, well, <laughs> let me tell you, it's, it shows me I'm a genius basically because <laughs> When I saw it, when I came out of it, I remembered everything. Then I made a video about it and all, but I told my mom and she just was like, I said, Ma, you know, I did a drug, I gotta confess. I was a little scared to tell her. Anybody got a close relationship with their parents like that, that you could tell them anything? Now that's cool, that's cool, you know? Um, a, lot of, a lot of people's parents aren't that open-minded, which is not fair, so hopefully you guys got a best friend or somebody to talk to about that kind of stuff. But for me, you know, I, all my friends knew already, most of them were doing it with me, so I had to tell my mom. <laughs> so I'm like, Ma, I did a drug, you know. I didn't think I would be here talking about this, this is crazy. And so uh, <laughs> she said, what was it? You know, I was like, it was LSD. She was like, oh, it's okay, babe, I did it in my day, it's so fine. <laughs> <laughs> So that brought me and my mom closer together. I thought I was tight. So tight. <laughs> my mom was so cool. <laughs> so on like the topic of feelings and vibrations, um, I was really interested to see like the first track on your album and as well, Holy Ghost. Um, I had a lot of like religious reflection, a lot of kind of um, comments about religion and also it kind of reminded me of some earlier things I'd heard from like Sinos mm -hmm. and uh, is We Are God that track. Um, and I Sino. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, M's. Yeah, 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 from like mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to know like how your, you know, relationship with God might have um, influenced that, like what you feel, where you're currently at. Does it like contradict your, I don't know, your lifestyle choices? No. How do you feel about it? No, not at all. I feel like, you know, nowadays it's, for me, I look at religion like one of those things where it's just like wars were started over that. Like if you really think about it, it's over greed and religion and stuff like that. You know, I feel like even to this day, people, you know, do terrorist attacks and stuff. It's all over, it's religion driven. 
and I would never blame it on something like religion or a certain type of religion. I feel like I'm more of a spiritual person. For me, I take the best out of religious religions and different religions, and you know, I, 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 I try to make myself a better person because religions are all about bettering yourself, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right? So if that's the case, I don't think it's right for you to be a Christian and to kind of, you know, antagonize someone else with your religious beliefs. You know, if someone feels that it's okay to use the F word and you don't, I don't think you should kind of like scrutinize or what we, it's, it's okay to try to correct somebody and help somebody. But you got people that are straight up tell you you're going to hell because you're not married and you're having sex. So, <laughs> so with that being said, you know, if that's the case, a lot of y'all better have some ice packets, you know, because <laughs> hell is hot. But nah, nah. <laughs> Seriously though, you know, I just feel like it's one of those things where I respect everyone's religion and their religious belief. Everyone has an opinion as an individual and they're entitled to it. But I don't think it's right to patronize other people or antagonize people, you know, just because you have religious beliefs. And I've been accused of being Illuminati. I've been accused of, yeah, that's just like, really, they picked me to <laughs> be a part of the Illuminati. Yeah, the rapper kid with the cool, you know, LSD. braids and stuff and the LSD, that guy, yeah. It's, it doesn't make sense, you know, and uh, <laughs> it, a lot of them were Christians. He's going to hell. You see, look at his, look at his videos. He's sending signs and symbols and, it's just like, you know, I, would, I just want to be an artist and express myself. That's it, you know. And um, that song, Holy Ghost, was basically telling people back off. You know, I pray to God every night, which and I do. It's weird because I don't go to church, but I still carry, like, those religious uh, traits, you know. Those, those, like, I pray over my cookies before I eat cookies. Like... <laughs> So you can imagine if I had a full course meal, I'm going to say my prayers, you know, I just can't help it because I remember at a time when, you know, I, I didn't have a dollar and I used to have to ask my friends for quarters and to get a quarter water or get a cookie or something like that. And when you got it, you say you, you say your grace. And I know it sounds petty to you guys. And that's why I say it's complicated because I have my own relationship with God. Any marriage, any kind of relationship, rather you guys are engaged, you're going out, it's always complicated. Anybody else looking out, the outside looking in, they're gonna think you guys are crazy, right? Am I right or wrong? How many times have you guys been in a relationship and your best friend who knows you well is like, what are you doing? Why are you, you know? Because you have your own relationship and it's complicated. And I'm saying that's how I am with my Lord. I have my own relationship with God. Mind your, mind your business, you know? That's just like, yeah, you know what that was for, right? I didn't even have to say, I was just mind your, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nah, man, they gonna say, man, listen, man, come on. I don't, no, Sorry. I don't. To, ex, to an extent, I don't, yeah. <laughs> All right, so one of the things I did want to talk about, there was some like uh, controversy over your last album, some lyrics made in reference to uh, Rita Ora. Uh, well, we just talked about my mom here. We're not gonna talk about her here. Let's talk about something <laughs> different, man. you know what I'm saying? Let's skip that totally. We're, we're, we're not skipping that. Not an Oxford, not an Oxford, <laughs> not an Oxford topic at all. No, I feel that. You know what? 
It's the bastion of free speech. Anything goes. So nah, for sure. <laughs> that was a nice try, though. That's good. Yeah, you tried, you tried. <laughs> so like, actually, I wanted to approach it from a different angle. I feel like you've been um, kind of, you know, you've got it enough from like Angie Martinez and like different people there. But I wanted to ask you how you feel your artistic, artistic expression is limited or affected by the fact that you're now a popular artist because mm. it's mainly because when I was thinking about it. Back in the day, the people like 50 Cent, like they were saying say wild that. stuff about I was about Meyer to say that. Stuff. I was about to say anybody in the back in the days could say whatever they wanted yeah. and get away with it. Nowadays, the internet, man, it just makes people feel like, you know, it's no, the bridge between celebrity personality and just, you know, being a normal person, that's broken down. Anybody can become famous for nothing nowadays, man. You just need the internet. You know, and I mean, you know, not to, this isn't shade, but like, you look at, you know, Kim Kardashian is a multi-millionaire, and I don't know exactly what it is she does besides look pretty. <laughs> like, I'm just, so that's what I'm saying. Anybody can do it. Yeah. Did I answer the question? Yeah, no, that's cool. the question. There was one other thing that I was kind of asking about, not to like somber the mood, but um, RP to ASAP Yams. Thank um, you, man. I was having a discussion yesterday about the fact that I thought Yams is kind of a visionary in the sense that he united a number of people, he had influence over different people, whether it was like Bodega, like Spanish Harlem, nobody really put Whoa. them on like that. Wow. Um, I wondered what you thought, especially in the internet age, especially when you consider the fact that I knew about you at the same time as my cousins in New York knew about you. So everything's very universal. How do you think that Yams is influenced? what he did, the fact that he was like such an excellent like networker and bringer together of people. How do you think that kind of helped you? And do you take that forward? Could you talk about that a little bit? Man, th that was what I was talking about when I first came in here. The internet, his connections, he utilized his Tumblr to, to, to put me out there. No one knew who ASAP Rocky was and he had this popular Tumblr that all the magazines and, and uh, publications, they used to reblog and repost all of his stuff. And he would just have random like 90s archive hip hop stuff, pictures that you would never see anywhere on the internet. He had all of that. And uh, not to lose track, but the reason how he got them is he used to collect like these old source magazines and double XL and rap word up magazines and stuff. And when we didn't have money for studio time, he would like sell them just so we could, yeah, man, it was crazy. But he, he had all that stuff, and what he would do is kind of make blogs about the artists that are already relevant. But he, would, he was such a good blogger that everybody went, and so he would just do sneaky shit, like, pardon me, sneaky stuff, like, uh, put my name in there, like, who is this kid ASAP Rocky? But he's amazing, and then everybody's like, yo, he's amazing, like, because they didn't know what his identity was. They didn't know who was, they didn't, when we became famous, they, they didn't know who, was running his Tumblr until probably a year after us being famous. And he stopped, you know, using it at, at that point. But yeah, um, I think if it wasn't for ASAP Yams, I don't know what, man, I know it would be no, no ASAP right now because he utilized the internet. And we were at a time when we didn't know that that was the case. We didn't know that the record labels were actually losing a lot of money. And, radio and all of these people, they, they, they weren't really generating a lot of money like they used to be. And that's due to places like streaming services and, and iTunes and stuff. There's no reason to go out and buy a physical copy. And what's really sad is like all of the music always, it, 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 the device, it, 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 it changes by the decade. 
if you think about it, because you start off with like vinyl, like record players, right? And then where did it go to next? Cassette players, right? And even, even well, before CDs, what they would record on was floppy disk. So it, it, that was like the thumb drive at the time, it's floppy disk. Then CDs. After CDs, now you have digital MP3. What's the point? I mean, obviously, like, <clears throat> you lose money because a CD play, a CD is tangible, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, people have to physically go out and they can physically buy it and get it. Now, music, <laughs> the internet, none of this stuff is tangible. You can't, you can't, it's, it's like the wild, wild west. It's an open market. And these people are, these companies are hiring you kids that are still in college that don't know any better. They're hiring you guys to program all of their shit. And that's what I'm trying to say. Because these are the smart people. These are the smart people with all the money, right? You know, these are the successful people. These are the, and that's the perception that we, that's, that's what we see as kids. And my whole point of being so firm about that when I came in and I'm just like, man, you can do whatever you want, just use the internet. Because they're gonna come for you. They need the most smartest, they need the geniuses from all around the world to run that shit. They, what do you think Apple is doing right now? Expanding, Steve Jobs is gone. That's why the, these new iPhones, let me not say that comment because money, that's gonna end up in the newspapers tomorrow. But you know, unless we can all agree the iPhone went downhill ever since Steve Jobs. But come on, man, my, 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 my text messages don't even pop up half the time. I never got Wi-Fi. I'm just saying, man, the way that it's fun. Why would they make it that big? It slips out my hand. Like, what is this about, man? So they said they be... didn't crack. The screen cracks. It breaks. <laughs> they lied. So, right or wrong, it's false advertising. So you're not going to be joining Drake on Apple Music, I take it? I'm sorry? You're not going to be joining Drake on Apple Music. I didn't say all that. <laughs> I said the iPhone 6 sucks. I didn't say all that. I hope the iPhone 7 is better, that's all. There's, there's no beef, Apple. No beef. <laughs> so we've got one final question before um, we'd like to open up to the floor. Um, uh, just to kind of like lighten the tone a little bit. I wanted to ask you about your clothes. You spoke about your Dior Hong suit today. I wondered if, especially because of when you came out, you came out with this kind of interesting aesthetics. You had like Air Force Ones and stuff and people weren't really wearing Air Force Ones. They were laughing. I was laughing, but now I've got Air Force Ones. <laughs> <laughs> so I very much feel like you've, you've like influenced, <laughs> you've influenced the, the taste and you've influenced the culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like this guy, man. <laughs> I wondered, is that an intentional thing? Or are you kind of a bit more like pretty fucko senior? Do you kind of just like wear these clothes? That's what you like? Or do you really think about how you put yourself together, your well, branding, how you come across? I'll say now, damn man, you, you got it, man. You analyze it to a T, man, everything. Um, I would say now is more, I'm getting older now. I'll be 27 in October, man. I don't care about that kind of stuff. I'm, I feel really old, man. I go to the clubs and it's too loud. They don't play the music I like. <laughs> no, it's the truth, man. They don't play the music I like, you know. I, I leave after a while, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm an old man in a young person's body. <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> my fashion sense, it stems from different decades. And I think when I first came out, I'm. I would say you didn't get to see you didn't get to see me as much as far as my wardrobe changes. This this aesthetic has always been part of my wardrobe. You know, um, does it advance at times? I would say it does. Does it evolve? Yeah, but it's always been my aesthetic. You know, coming in, I 
I feel like, how does, how does a rapper, what is a rapper supposed to dress like? You know, and, and you guys could easily answer that. Baggy jeans, hat, gold chain, right? But what is, what is a doctor dress like off duty? What is, a, what is a lawyer dress like? You know, what is a, a, what is a multi-billionaire dress like? What is a, you know, I, I feel like I shouldn't just be identified as a, a rapper because I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm an artist. You know, um, rappers rap, artists, they articulate. It's the difference. Uh, for me, um, coming, coming out with the Air Force One thing, man, I, I, I lie to you not, you can ask my manager, it was, it was all premeditated. I said, listen, I'm gonna wear these wax sneakers. It was 2011. I said, I'm gonna wear these wax sneakers just to test the seat. Because, all right, let me tell you, when I first came out, you know, I didn't know if my idols were looking at me for fa And so I got all my friends like, oh man, you know so-and-so wore the, the whatever, cause you wore, yo, you know so-and-so was starting to say trill now, right? Oh, you know so-and-so was watching your video, so-and-so. And I'm like, I don't believe it. I don't think that so-and-so has enough time to watch an ASAP Rocky video, but I was wrong. And so-and-so, never mind. let's just uh, talk Name about him. it. talk about it. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> Those people usually take that aesthetic and get credit for it. So I said, you know what? Let me do things that only I could do, like bringing back Coogee sweaters, simple stuff. We do simple things like that. Subi jeans, um, black scale, hood by air, Ben Trill, uh, Jeremy Scott, uh, Rav Simmons, Rick Owens, uh, Farragamo now, because now all the hood dudes are wearing the belts. Uh, Man, you, Tommy Hilfiger, Vintage Tommy Hilfiger. Um, yeah, man, you name it. We, we, we kind of brought it back. I felt like it was, it was nostalgic to us because we're hip hoppers, you know? And um, I wanted to purposely be able to identify when I did certain things. It was almost like I put a trademark out there. So when people started wearing the Air Force Ones again, I stopped wearing it, and I just said, man, I did my job, and I was right all along. I haven't worn Air Force One since 2013. You think so? Say that again. What about the high street? Have you seen in Topshop? Oh, do I like uh, Topshop? Yeah. Uh, Topshop's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's affordable. I mean, places like Zara and Topshop, they make... They make those high-end designer cuts, but at an affordable price. So I can't hate on them at all, you know? And Topshop invited me to the Met Ball, man. I, I, you know, I, I rocks with Topshop, man. Actually, that's, that's a wild question. So, like, um, the Met Ball and stuff like that, because obviously, like, you know, we're planning to go to those events in the future, you know, when we're famous. But they're, like, 25000 a ticket, right? Yeah. Do you guys get subsidized to go there? Like, what, like... Do you no, pay for man, that? Like, label pay for it? Basically, somebody like Topshop will pay for you to sit at their table or something like that. Or, you know, Alexander Wang or something. Oh, I didn't, I didn't add Alexander Wang. So a lot of designs I didn't mention. I'm at a point where I don't have to anymore. I'm becoming an old man, and it'll just look, it'll look tasteless if I just sit around all day. You asked. That's why I told you, you asked. But it'll look tasteless if, if I'm like, oh, man, you know, I brought this back. I brought that back, man. You know how we do. Yeah, yeah. But, no, nah, it's like... Whatever, man, at this point, you know, whatever. So, um, we just want to give you, like, one opportunity to plug the other stuff that you're on. Everyone start getting their questions ready for yeah, the Yeah, please, get the questions ready. Um, man, you know could you talk a little bit about Dope, the movie you're in, the choice to go into acting, and, yeah. I'm an artist. 
you know, like theater or cinematography, videography, movies. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a. Sorry, um, dope's a film. I see people looking around like. Oh well, let me say. Well, dope is a film. Don't worry, it's not the dope Actual that you dope, think. But it's, it is dope though. It's actually it's this dope movie. Uh, it's starring myself. It's starring Zoe Kravitz. It's starring Tiger, Chanel Iman, a few people, man. Yeah. Uh, what's what's my boy um, from um, uh, Blake uh, Blake Blake Anderson? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Who said that? Thank you. Yeah. That's that. He's in there. He's 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 kind of cool. He's funny. Did you see the preview or something? No. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. He's he has he has a really good part. Yeah. But um. I kind of lost track thinking about his name and stuff. What was the question again? Tell us about dope. Like, oh, dope. Much was, dope is I'm, I play as a cliche twenty-six-year-old drug dealer, <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, I'm from the West Coast, and I meet this nerdy kid, and I, I used to my character used to be a nerd, and he ended up getting becoming a product of his environment and selling drugs, and he had to kind of become this gangster guy just because, you know, that's just the life in the streets. And he sees these nerves always getting chased every day, and he's just like, man, you know, he, he, he kind of sees himself within this nerdy kid. And, you know, the story is based about this nerdy kid who goes to school in, in Inglewood, California, and around Bloods all day getting chased by those gangbangers and whatnot. And it really is like retrospective. It shows you a different like aspect. It shows you the truth about our era, like how it, 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 the, the N word, like if you watch the previews, uh, Blake was, um, because Blake, Blake used the N word and it's like, for our generations is, is back to what I said. It's like, we're not racist, not necessarily. We just, every now and then, we're capable of saying some racist shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's keep it on it, you know? And it's just like, no one, like our generation, like, you know, depending on where you come from, cause this is, you know, if Oprah was here right now, she'll let me have it. But like, I feel like for me, I don't give a shit who's, who uses it. If, if you're my friend or whatever the case is, some people aren't like that. And they, they it's, a, it's an uncomfortable situation that they actually touch on in the movie. They need to do these things. They need to show that there are elo eloquent and elegant people in the hood and you know people who strive to get out like my brother back there. I'm, I'm quite sure you probably weren't, weren't under those circumstances, but I mean, you didn't come from a really fortunate home, you know, and look at where you are. Your story is amazing. So even with him, it's like even with these nerdy kids, they get straight A's and he's trying to apply to Harvard University and the whole movie is based upon like, what is he, how, how is he going to write his essay for it? Like, what is he going to say? You know, and um, I think it's just these twists and turns. It's really comical, and I think you guys will like it. I, I really highly suggest that you guys go see it, especially being in college, man. Like, y'all are gonna like it, man. I mean, Pharrell did the soundtrack. Forrest Whitaker is narrating it. Uh, do, you, do you guys know who Forrest Whitaker is? Yeah, yeah, the butler. Oh, okay, well, you know, sometimes, you know, you never know. Yeah. All right, yeah. next question. Um, yeah. We should have someone bring around with a microphone. If you decide to raise your hand and wait for the microphone. This one, okay, cool. <laughs> Very rare. Okay, 
Hi ASAP. Uh, What's my up, name, man? My name's Iftika. Um, it's What's crazy. Iftika or Ifti? Like, all my friends call Very me. Very rare. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy because like I was watching you on like Breakfast Club, like talking to Charlemagne and all of them, and uh, now I'm here just seeing you like in real life. It's like it's a dream. But, oh um, man. <laughs> nah, seriously, man. Believe it or not, I know what you mean because me being yeah. here talking to you guys is a dream, and I'm not joking because you know this is Oxford, man. <laughs> <laughs> This is some yeah. far out shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, my question had two parts. Um, so the first part was, um, so like there's been like a lot of racial tension in America lately, uh, especially between like the police and uh, just ethnic minorities. Do you think like it's in the place for rappers to talk about those issues or do you think like rap, it's not the place for like hip hop artists to comment on that? And the, the second part of my question is, like, it's a bit outrageous, but you could say no, like, would you mind taking, like, a picture with me? Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool cat, man. You see how you slip that in there? You guys are slick here at Oxford, man. You guys are slick. <laughs> you got one? Come on. You know, this is epic. I'm not going to forget this. I'm not going to forget this. Uh, I can take a selfie, yeah. <laughs> can I take one more? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Uh, Back to what he was saying, man. Uh, I don't feel like anybody's obligated to talk about that kind of stuff unless they want to. I don't feel like everybody should try to be like Kendrick or you know talk about political things just to try to stand out. They don't have to try to be like ASAP. Talk about drugs and clothes and girls and I talk about other cool things, right? Other than religion, religion, religion and stuff. You know, you guys don't have to, it, it doesn't have to be, it, we don't have to talk about the same topics. And for me, I feel like I, was, I wasn't there when that occurred. God bless you. I wasn't there when that occurred. And on top of that, I didn't go to any marches. I didn't go to any protests. So for me, I can't speak on it because I'm not helping to change it. And I, don't, I didn't figure out a way to do it through my art if I felt like it was something that I wanted to talk about, I would have spoke about it, but I don't feel like it's, I have a need to. You could just look on the internet and see it 24-7. And my manager, Chase, he brought up a, a crazy point to me. We were all, all as kids, were in the, the house chilling, and we, or, or studio, might have been studio. We were chilling and we were talking about the police brutality going on in Baltimore right now and you know uh, Ferguson and everywhere around America. And it, was, it, it makes you think, it's like, what, what is the government really trying to hide? Because it's like, why are we glorifying or why are we, why are we, why are we uh, um, exploiting the, uh, the beef between the urban community and police officers? When in all reality, Memorial Weekend, 60 some odd people got shot just on a Friday and Saturday. 
60 some odd people in one city, Chicago. One city, 60 some odd people shot, nine to 12 dead, don't quote me on the number, but nine to 12 dead. Black on black crime. So one cop shoots a black person. Let's, 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 let's march, let's protest. Let's promote our mixtapes on TV. Let's, let's do all that, you know what I mean? Because that's what they're doing. I feel like if you're not gonna really talk about the main topic, don't talk about it at all. We have to do something first. And it's within us eternally. Like we can't internally, we can't blame the police officers. That kind of shit is inevitable, man. A police officer is gonna see somebody sometimes, it, you know? So I don't justify cops just killing kids. That's so messed up, man, because there are guilty cops out there. There are cops who, you know, they, they take advantage with their authority, but that's been going on. That's nothing new. Why now? Why, why are we glorifying it now? Why are we making a big spectrum out, out of it now? What, what are we really hiding? And if we're going to talk about that, let's talk about the black people killing black people. So if nobody wants to talk about that, neither do I. Hi, um, it's sort of another two-part question, not as exciting as um, his one. Um, so the first part was kind of, I guess, it was <laughs> been like historically like a subculture, which has had a lot of influence on art more broadly. But I wanted to like sort of tease out like recently there's a lot more visibility for rappers, especially like people like yourself, people like Kanye in the fashion world. Do you feel like there's a lot more credit being given to the influence that hip hop has had um, on, on culture more broadly? And I guess sort of tied into that, I remember like an interview you did a while ago where you were talking about fashion and how like ASAP like made it cool to be different when you're in like areas where like there's like a sort of straight jacket about what it means to be a man. So like, yeah. how do you feel like that sort of change has like influenced what it means to be a man in hip hop? Yeah, man, I think that goes in with, I'm sorry. Oh, I think that goes with any environment. I feel like when, uh, when you talk about, when I talk about my life just being a normal kid and going to Soho, we used to wear Dior skinny jeans because of Hedy Slimane and people like that. And half the time we couldn't afford them, we would try to steal them or get one of our girlfriends to buy them for us or something like that, you know? And we would wear these skinny jeans and we couldn't afford those. Oh man, this is so sad. I'm about to tell y'all some crazy stuff. We used to go to American Apparel. <laughs> All right, not me, but some of the homies in ASAP. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the names, but... <laughs> They would go to American Apparel and buy women's jeans bigger <laughs> just so they could have the skinny fit, you know, because you couldn't get skinny jeans back then. You laughing, but think about it, though. Like, how would you, we would either have to get them tailored or you would have to buy women's jeans. And I mean, at the end of the day, you couldn't tell the difference besides the cut. So, you know, that's identifying with fashion. We knew that we wanted the cut to be different. I feel like when we used to walk around with skinny jeans, even before, you know, even all of the jeans, all of their jeans weren't women's jeans, obviously, but you know, every now and then they did that, they snuck that in there. But uh, I feel like wearing skinny jeans in 2006 was like walking around with a target on your forehead right there, you know, with a red dot in the middle, you know, because 
that's what it was. We were targets for the simple fact, like kids our age, if they didn't get it, they might laugh at it, but they let it go because they grew up with us. They knew we were, we were just weird, you know what I mean? But with the older guys, we walked past the blocks. I remember one night we got our asses whipped by these older cats. They was like uh, in their 30s when it was me, ASAP Ills, ASAP Bari, ASAP Ferg. We was going to, we was going to Jay West's, ASAP Jay West's crib. And this is, I was like 1920, so that means my friend, we were young, point blank, relatively. And um, these dudes, it was about three of them or whatever, right? And we were walking, and mind you, I've been a ladies' man since I came out of my mom, right? <laughs> I try to make that sound clean, because the, the, the cool way is just so disgusting, but whatever. Uh, you know, ever since I came out of my mom, I, I've been a ladies' man, so for me, you know, being, I could deal with name calling now, I'm, I'm mature, but when you're young and when you're in the hood, it's a certain type of, it's, it's a mind state. And walking past guys and to have them be like, you know, to, to call you a faggot or something like that, like that, that's just beyond disrespectful. And, you know, it, it's just, that's why I don't even use that word. And, I, and it's funny that I, you know, it doesn't make me uncomfortable when my white friends use the N word, but yet, you know, we barely use the F word or the R word. You know what the R word is. You can't use that in America anymore. You don't know what the R, R retard, you can't use that word. Yeah, they don't, they don't like that. If you call some, no, I'm serious. Retarded and faggot is the new nigger. And I hate to use those words, but it's, it's true. Like, I remember in, not to, don't be, don't, it's okay guys, don't feel uncomfortable, it's just words. It's, but you know, I remember back in like the days, if anybody, black or white, if you said nigger, everybody would look around. You know, like, oh, this stupid nigger. And then you would have people just look around. Now you say nigger, it's just whatever. If you say faggot or you're retarded, you're gonna get a lot of attention and you're gonna get in a lot of trouble. In America, those are the new <laughs> N-words. I promise you, I promise you, you know? But back then, uh, what, what I, uh, what I, I'll, I'll make it short. I just like to paint it out so you guys could kind of feel like you were there in the story. Yeah. So uh, these guys said what they said and you know we tried to fight them. They was bigger, we lost, but we, we, we went home with our pride, you know? We lost that fight, but they was in their 30s and 40s. They were some big motherfuckers, but we, you know, we tried our best and we left with our, with our pride, you know? At the end of the day, we walked away with it and it's cool. We went home and we were good. But the lesson that I learned from that was like, that night was that if I ever wanted to pursue anything as far as like becoming an artist, a rapper, whatever you call it, that meant that I would have to do a lot of that fighting if I let just anybody get to me, if I let anybody get to me. And even though we lost, I think us losing is what made me realize that, all right, not only you know, did I get my ass beat, but you know, I didn't even get my point across. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, what, what, does, what does it all really mean? You know, it, what does it all really mean? You know, we, we, we used to get judged and we just stuck to ourselves. And before you knew it, man, everybody adjusted. I go back to Harlem. Everyone's wearing skinny jeans right now, man. I'm serious. They're wearing Jeremy Scott. They're wearing Rick Owens. They're wearing rips in their jeans. They're wearing shit that I wouldn't even wear. I was like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. So like, just as a follow-up, um, in terms of the usage of the, of the N-word, I think one of the reasons why 
it kind of isn't as uncomfortable for people who've grown up in a hip hop environment who've grown up with that. Um, and it's similar to kind of, I don't know if you're aware of like this whole Chet Hayes thing. Um, Who, Tom Hanks' son? Yeah, Tom Hanks' son. So, like, Tom Hanks' son is like a, like a white rapper who's been like vividly defending his use of the N-word. Well, can, can, can I, not to cut you off, but if you look at my first music video, it's called Purple Swag. There's a white girl with gold teeth named Anna Perp using the N-word throughout the whole shit. I don't care. I'm 26 years old. I'm from the internet. I'm used to seeing, if you go on World Star, you see white boys beating each other up, talking about nigga, nigga. It's like that, man. I'm telling you. I'm serious. I'm serious. It doesn't matter. Do you, do you think in terms of what you say as well? It's a word. That's a word too, but I, I, this, it's just that I, the reason why I feel entitled is because I can relate, right? Because I use the word, the N word. I don't normally use the R word or the F word, so I have no reason to use it. It would be very offensive. But the N word is inevitable. It's just like the word cool. <laughs> it is. <laughs> What's the coolest word to say? Y'all know, that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, it's the truth. That's how dope niggas are. <laughs> Yo, um, Lords Montinola, my name, my friends call me Law. Where did he rapper. come from with the microphone? How, how, how you doing, Asa? How you doing, Asa? I'm an 18-year-old You got like dropper. a lot of rapper mannerisms, like your I, swag I, is I, just my, like... My, my, question, my question is simple, I, like, can you spit for us? I mean, can I, I we, spit? We can, tra we can trade something, you know. I am the best with the law, and I have conquered the Kim and I saw is getting the money and nothing is funny, but I'm so hungry and I'm wanting more. We are in Oxford right now? The money, the if you don't Bring get that it, ass here, boy. It's so ready, but I keep it steady. My rhyming so heavy, they thought I was black. But Ooh. nah, we're Asian. Yeah, you know, we're Asian. And yeah, we're chasing that paper money we chasing. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear something, man. Come on. From a rapper to a rapper, innit? Yo, this... This is fucking amazing. <laughs> amazing. This is amazing. Yo, you the man. Hey, yo. I Wait, hold on. Can, can I, you I please rap question. that one more time? Because I couldn't me, hear you, you from back. You, you, you said hear? something about... They thought I was hey, black, yo, I, but I, I can rap. First verse, innit, right? Okay. Who is this man and why should you watch out? Think this is funny, we'll just suff it out. But this ain't a race, so fuck up the base. So stay in your place and don't run your mouth. Mm. Either you're friendly or you're just a villain. Either I hate you or we're straight up chilling. The flow is so nasty, I'm looking so flush. I am the muddy, I am just fulfilling. I am the best, is the law. And I have conquered, I came and I saw. He's getting the money and nothing is funny. God damn, I'm so hungry and I'm wanting more. I want the bitches, the money, the rats. Oh. I just snap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? I would I've, honestly. I've been on my grind, and I've been trying to make albums. I mean, like, I took your flow on on a. Oh, I can't remember the the, the new one, the food. Oh, it's like full metal jacket. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. How old are you, man? I'm 18, man. I'm trying to make. You're amazing. It. Wait, hold up. So you go here? I no. I I go to I go to. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I said it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Yeah, you, you, you pretty amazing. Yo, that Yo, you want to be into like kick 16? Yo, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that guy now, man. That, I can rap, but I'm not that good, so I'm going to <laughs> um, I really enjoy listening to hip-hop music, 
and there is a downside for me in that a lot of the music is quite crude about women and sometimes insulting. So do you think that your music isolates women and prevents us from listening to your music compared to men? At times. At and times? Yeah, and do you think that's at, okay? Yeah, because it's, I do it to men too. You do it to? It, it isolates men too. I don't discriminate. Yeah, as to, at times. How many songs you hear? I don't fuck with you niggas. I don't fuck with you. It's the same thing. Fuck you dudes. Da, da, da. It's just that we 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 diss men all the time. I don't I don't think it's a point of you really want to talk about the reader thing. Is that what this is about or something? Sorry? Or is this about like the is this like a woman you know justice thing about Rita or something like that? Is that what oh, this is? No, I don't listen oh, okay. to Rita Ora. What do you want to battle me right now or something? Like oh, you no. just like no, 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 loud no, no, aggressive. No, no. Do like, I see mad? Is that not I, aggressive? I do, I do enjoy your music, but nah. I just think that. It's I, I, I agree wonder with myself, you. I'm listening to Tiger and I'm thinking, I really enjoy this music, but should I listen to it if it's, you know, rude about women or it's making us seem like objects? Should I still listen to it if I don't agree with what they're saying? Well, that's a, that's a question that only you can answer. You know, it's all well, about what your do preference. You think? That's my question. I would definitely highly recommend you listen to my music. <laughs> <laughs> and no, if but, you were a woman, would you still. But, but here's make the thing. The same well, you know, if, you, you know. Without justifying all those rappers, what I will say is speaking for me, I only speak about my experiences. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not here to talk about the difference between bitches and women. I don't, you know, for, for me, I, you know, what I will say is when we make music, we articulate. I'm 26, I've met a lot of women, but I met a lot of bitches. I don't know what you, well, I, I so, speak about so both. am I a bitch or a woman? I don't know you well enough to tell. Um, <laughs> I know you're I'm a fe- bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to. You wasn't supposed to say you're a bitch. You were supposed to say I'm a bad bitch. See, that's what I'm saying. See. <laughs> um, hi. I'm scared of girls right now. I don't know if I want any more questions. No, I'm joking. Anyway, um, <laughs> my, my question is, um, you spoke about um, recording in London and how you were chilling with like, people like Skepta and stuff, so I just wanted to ask you what you think about the grime scene, the UK hip-hop scene, and whether you see yourself working with grime artists in the future. I actually work with grime artists now. Um, I, think, I think grime is amazing because for me, it's like, 90s hip-hop had gangster rap, it had backpack, but it also had Caribbean, like Jamaican rap artists. So you had Supercat, you had Buju Bonton, you had all these guys that would take American beats but use their Jamaican accents when it would complement it, but it would kind of put, it would make like this kind of like sub-genre of rap, you know? And like back in the 90s, everybody wanted to be a Jamaican. And I feel like that spirit kind of lives within like the British, the, the London, you know, UK scene right now, because most of these guys are African or something else. But when you listen to them, you think you're listening to a Jamaican MC spit, you know? I feel like the sonics of it is, is kind of, is quite new. But I feel like the aesthetic is old, and if they do it the right way, it could cross over to hip-hop in the States because people in the States don't know about it too much. But I get why you guys like it here. Do you think, though, that it might become sort of too commercialized and, like, it will lose its rawness? Oh, yes. Anything could become, like, man, 
everything can become too commercialized, man. For, I mean, from everything. Yes, yes, yes. 100 percent. No, she has one. Can we do it? I want to talk. I want to talk to some people, man. You know. Hi. Um, so I wanted to reference back to your question about the police brutality, and I found it interesting that you mentioned both the Chicago shootings and also what was going on in Baltimore. And I think it is important to consider both at the same time, but also very separately, because black-on-black -black crime is still a product of white supremacy, and then white-on-black crime is a whole different thing we have to address. And I think as an artist, just being affected by your community and getting up and rapping about how you grew up is protest in itself. So I was wondering how you thought, I, th um, I forgot who said that self-protection um, self is the greatest form of protest. So I think that I would like you to speak to how your community has affected your music and how you think you can, moving forward, place yourself in a world of protest because it is really important for all of ourselves, all of us to be mobilized. And I don't. I was just a bit bothered by your answer previously because bothered. I was. I was. I, I was bothered bo you. You. I. I disagreed with you. That's better. I like. I that. disagree yeah. with you. Yeah. I'm not. Not in a way like obviously this is still a conversation, but um, I disagreed with you. But I still would like to hear how you think your community comes out in your music because I think that's so important. Because when I listen to you, I think of you as a voice of our generation Thank in you. the protest um, movement. What I will say is Harlem, it's, it's gentrified, man. It's, it's, it's really no black people left. All of the people that live there are successful, you know, middle class or upper class people. So I can't tell you how Harlem particularly kind of relates to what's going on in, around the world. But as far as ASAP Rocky, I just spent the, half, the year in, in, in London. I can't talk about, I would be regurgitating shit that I heard on the news. I can't talk about something if I wasn't there for it, if I'm not in the midst of it. So oh, why no. would I talk about that? No, no, and I understand that completely, not talking about where you are. I'm saying that you growing up, like what your life was like. And I just, I just think Did that. you hear the new album? Yeah, I did hear the new album. I put it in, I manifested it. I know, it that's why I'm just saying. I'm saying if you could speak more to that and how your, how your upbringing comes out in your music. Well, I mean, just who I am as a person. I'm really comfortable with being myself. Like I told you, I could be here with you guys at Oxford and I could just go back and go kick it back in London town with some of my, you know, my dunnies. That's just how it is, you know? That's, that's, that's my life. There's a lot of people who can do that. I speak for those kids who have that lifestyle of, man, I'm stuck in this, I was brought up in this environment, but this, this doesn't just define me. You know, it's more to me than just right here. That's why my music wants to be free. It sounds like it's from the Midwest, or then it sounds like it's from Houston, or it sounds like it's from California. That's why I look like, Today I could walk down a runway, might I add, or you know, <laughs> or tomorrow I might be in you know some a, a jumper with you guys call sweaters jumpers, a jumper with you know jeans on with holes on it. It, it doesn't matter because it, I feel like I identify with so so many different environments, and these environments, as far as Soho going down to Soho, that's fashion. That's where the fashion aesthetic comes from. Hustling, you know, struggling. That's Harlem, that's my Harlem aesthetic. I've been in, I've 
I've done songs where I spoke about all that. You know, it gets to a point where you get tired of talking about the same kind of shit. And that's why I took two years off because my first two, my mixtape and album was all about that. But what's the point of me talking about where I came from and how hard it was for me when every rapper is talking about bitches and how hard it was for them? I want to give you guys something else. I'm doing art right now. I like psychedelics. I love where life is going. I love my generation, my era. I love the way things are going. You know, I, I, the way I perceive things is like the way that they should be. Like, you know, for instance, I feel like the N-word, it should be, it should be, like, we should, I feel like my generation should be allowed to say it. I don't give a fuck, personally. But maybe you have a different approach and you have a different opinion, which is fine. You might believe in Buddha. If you do, that's fine. I, I, I might believe in Jesus. It doesn't matter. You know, it's all point of views. I, I respect everyone's point of views. But as far from what you said, the reason why I couldn't really talk much, like I said, on the Baltimore or... Or, or, or Ferguson's situation is because, like I said, I did not contribute to helping make a, 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 you know, make a difference. I didn't contribute. I was in London making an album, you know? I seen things on the TV, gentrification split the nation that I once was raised in. I don't recall no friendly neighbor's face from my upraising. Back in my younger days of razor blades with games who bang and never stood a chance. Them boys and dance were left from Harlem shaking on the pavement. In my generation, fuck them. In my society. Burn the trippy pages of my diary. It's the irony how LSD inspired me to reach the higher me. You should never give a damn. Now I don't give a fuck entirely.